This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So, first of all, you don't have to raise your hands, but did anyone practice praying in the Spirit over the last week more than you normally do, and did you feel any like cool results or anything like that that you want to share? Fabulous. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to give somebody the opportunity to share if you wanted to share. So that's all. So, um, so last week we were talking about the Holy Spirit and who he is and the benefits of praying in tongues and what it does and, and all of that. So if you weren't here, you can go listen to last week's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on, not on YouTube. Apple or Spotify, <laughs> huh? Or SoundCloud. And then you can catch up. So, but I went through several things last week, and, I, and, and tonight I just really felt to um, start in John 14, 26 again and just go through a few things and a couple of new things and, um, and go from there. So John 14, 26, I'm going to read it. I almost, I almost said I forgot my glasses, and they were sitting right there. it's like you're on your cell phone and you're like where's my cell phone um i've done it too so john 14 26 in the amplified says but the comforter the counselor helper intercessor advocate strengthener standby the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name in my place to represent me and act on my behalf He will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall. He'll remind you of everything I have told you. And so we kind of went over that last week, and I just wanted to talk about um, these words. Because the comforter, when he calls the Holy Spirit the comforter, he, it says five things there. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. That's actually six. Six things. And the Greek word for comforter is parakletos. And that Greek word literally means called to one's side. So that means the Holy Spirit is called to stand right next to you, be with you, walk with you every step that you take. He is there, period. Whether you're going someplace you should go, whether you're going someplace you shouldn't go, he's there. He never leaves. He never leaves. So it call, means called to one side, and it describes the capability to give aid, the capability to help. So he's called to walk right next to you and help you in the most simplest terms. And so when, we, when it talks about the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, it's also used, it's a, it's a term that's used in court to suggest a legal assistant, a counsel for the defense, an advocate. How many, how many people have gone to court? I've got a speeding ticket and I had to go to court and you have like an attorney that represents you and says, she was going 10 miles over the speed limit and she'll sit all day in traffic court if you take this off of her record and... I did it once, and the next time I paid the ticket, so I wouldn't have to sit there. But you've got somebody that, it's a, he's an advocate for you. So he's going before the judge and saying, this is the situation, and he's acting on your behalf to rectify the situation. 
So the intercessor is the one, an intercessor is somebody that goes between two things, like a mediator. So he's also your intercessor. He stands before God and he acts as if, you know, if the enemy ever comes against you with thoughts that, um, you know, oh, I've messed up, I'm not good enough, you know, all the things that the enemy tries to throw against us. He's standing there as a picture. This is just a picture. But he's standing between you and God going, she's not guilty, God, Father God. She's not guilty because Jesus is standing right here. Jesus and Holy Spirit stand here, and Jesus already paid the price for everything. And so no matter what happens, she's not guilty. And Father God's like, yeah, I declared her not guilty when, when Jesus was crucified and was resurrected all the guilt and condemnation, all that went away. And so Father God is looking at you as not guilty. And that's what the Holy Spirit does too. He's standing there in between going, she's not guilty, she's not guilty, she's not guilty. While the enemy is screaming in your head, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're you're a terrible person, you're a terrible person, you're this, you're that. And the whole time Holy Spirit is going, she's not guilty, she's not guilty, she's not guilty, she's not guilty. Which is why it's so important that we pray in the spirit and that we, we um, exercise the gift of tongues because it edifies us. And when we're in the word, because this is what feeds us to help us understand, I'm really not guilty. I'm really not guilty. I'm really not guilty. Oh, I screwed up, but it's okay. I'm not guilty. And it gives you the ability to move on without the guilt and the shame. Because the world wants to pile on us guilt and shame. It is good news. And then he's our advocate. You know, an advocate is somebody that promotes somebody. Not only does he defend somebody, but he promotes somebody. So if you think, um, you know, different organizations and stuff, they have an advocate and somebody goes and they advocate for, um, you know, like a sex trafficking organization. And so they're, they're like, oh, I'm an advocate for whatever the name of the organization is. And they try to get people to join their cause whether it be to give money or to help out or whatever it is. So they're promoting it. So he's your promoter. Like all these movie stars and like, you know, uh, athletes that they have promoters. He's your promoter. So when you're talking even on your job or wherever you want to go in life, he's your promoter. He's your advocate. He's for you. And then one of the other words it means, uh, one of the other meanings in the Greek it means is, it says in the widest sense, he's the comforter, like Christ was to his disciples. Like Christ was to his disciples. So have you ever sat and read the Bible and you've thought, man, what would it be like to walk? I know we walk with Jesus every day. I get that. But like in person, like be one of the disciples and walk, literally walk the earth with him during that time. And it's like, have you ever thought, I think about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what would I do in that kind of a situation? Because we laugh sometimes at the disciples and the responses, but we probably wouldn't be much different because, you know, I mean, they're trying to figure the whole thing out as well and what's happening. And so, um, but just the way he was to his disciples, that's how Holy Spirit is for us. So he's literally with us all the time, ready to help us in whatever way it is. So 
in a few verses back in John 14, 16, Jesus tells him, sorry, I need a drink of water. Um, in John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, the world cannot take to its heart, because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him because he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So when he's telling them this, he said, I'll give you another comforter. And when you look up that word, the Greek, take my glasses off, the Greek word is aleros, which means another of the same sort. So another one just like him. And that's important because there's another word called heteros, which means another one, but of a different sort. So it's important to understand the differences in the words. This one means he's sending someone just like himself. Exactly. That's why when we just read... When we just read in verse 16, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him and know him and recognize him, but you know him and recognize him because you'll recognize what's of God. My sheep hear my voice and the voice of another, they won't follow. It's such a good scripture. I lived on that for a long time. I hear my father's voice and the voice of another I will not follow. I hear my father's voice and the voice of another I will not follow. Because there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot. And some of them are hard to discern between truth and lies or truth and fiction or whatever it is. So if you stick your ground, that's a scripture, it's in Matthew somewhere. I hear the voice of my father, well, it says my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of another they won't follow. I said, I hear my father's voice, and the voice of another I won't follow. And when he says, but you know him and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and be in you, that word know is a deep knowing. And I read something today, and it was, it was likened to the disciples knowing Jesus face to face. So the disciples knew Jesus, walked with him face to face. And Jesus is saying, you'll know him by walking with him face to face. So he's our counselor. What do I do in this situation? He's our helper. How do I prepare for this? How do I go about doing this? How do I do this presentation for work? How do I go about finding the right employees? How do I go about whatever it may be? During COVID, you had to be real creative with how you did parties. And if you were planning a special event, it could even be as simple as that. How do I plan this really special? How do I make this super special for this person or these people in the midst of all the restrictions that I have to live through? How can it be super special to them? He cares about all that stuff. He cares about it. So, I mean, there's nothing that's like too simple. 
for him to help us with. He's our advocate. Oops, I made a mistake. The Holy Spirit's the advocate staying, uh, telling God that Jesus already paid the price and you're innocent. He's our strengthener. I can't do this. I need strength to get through this. He's the strengthener. He's the standby. What's a standby? If all of a sudden I was like, I can't do this tonight. I could call on anybody here and there would be like a standby. They'd be like, oh, I'll fill in. I'll do it. And they could do it. That's Holy Spirit. I mean, he's our standby, although we want to do things with him, but that's just another term. He's standing right by us, ready to help. And then I wanted to go down to um, a few verses down because all of a sudden, like, it kind of took a different turn from what I was feeling on Monday. Um, and it's interesting that Kevin brought what he brought because that was you, right? Because my eyes were closed. So I was thinking, <laughs> I thought it was your voice, but I was like, better make sure. Um, in verse 27 of chapter 14, Jesus talks about peace. Let me just turn here and see if there's something else I want to add to it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Does anybody else still have to say the Gospels to yourself to remember where it is? I always have to do Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. After all these years, I still do that. Um... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So verse 27, I'm reading from the Amplified. Jesus, he's telling them after he's told them all about the Holy Spirit. So he's told them just everything we've gone through. Then he says, peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop, and this is amplified, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. I'm laughing because I was agitated and disturbed today. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Well, that's an amplified version of that scripture. Peace I leave with you, my own peace. My own peace. The first time I heard this, it's just something about the scripture grabbed us. So I was meditating and I was literally, I meditated on it for a long time. I was like, Jesus is giving me, because he's saying his peace isn't what the world has. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. So that right there is telling me his peace is completely different than anything I'm going to find here in the world among people. So I was like, my own peace. And I literally imagined Jesus handing me peace what it looked like I don't know but it was just it was the picture of just the the whole thing of he's giving that to me and I'm taking it I'm receiving it and he's got a whole system of governing for us in this world that's based on spiritual principles but it's a whole system of governance 
It's like I said last week, you know, sci-fi movies are becoming more and more real to me because they really, a lot of them really signify the difference between supernatural and the natural. And so he's given us this whole system, kingdom, of governing, yet we live in this natural world. He's given us an ability to govern things supernaturally by supernatural power. That's such a trip. That really trips me out. So he's saying peace. And so that word peace actually means free from war and rage. Well, there's a lot of war and rage that's been going on. So free from that. Harmony in relationships. Safety, security, prosperity. And it also means Messiah's peace. So literally the peace of Jesus. So he's saying, I'm giving all of this to you. And then when he says leave, this is interesting. So when, when he says, peace, I leave with you, one of the words for that word leave is set free. Peace, I've set free for you. Kind of puts it in a different context. And then when he says, my own peace, I now give to you. Give means to give something to someone that's to their advantage. So everything he's giving to us is to our advantage. So he's never, it's kind of like back in Genesis when, when God blessed man. Everything in us is innate in us to prosper. Because he didn't say he cursed us, he said he blessed us. So from the very beginning, blessing was set forth. So therefore, it's innate in us to prosper in whatever we set our hand to do. And it's, it's kind of the same way. When he gives us something, it's to our advantage. That's a glorious thing. Now, I wanted to go over this word trouble, because he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, when you look at... I just love looking up words, because it, it's just like the amplified gives an amplified version. I mean, when you know the meanings of words, it kind of gives you a bigger picture. So when he says, do not allow yourselves to be troubled... The word troubled means to take away calmness of mind. To take away calmness of mind. It also means to make restless. To stir up. Oh, there's a lot of things that can stir us up right now. Lots. To be anxious. And here's the other one. To perplex the mind by suggesting doubts. That's complete opposite of faith. To perplex the mind by suggesting doubts, which is exactly what the enemy did in the garden. With Adam and Eve, he planted thoughts. Is this, did he really say, did he really say? He he implanted doubts in their mind. And this is what he's still doing today. So he says, don't allow those things to happen. Don't allow your hearts to be troubled. Don't allow your hearts to... Take away your calmness and peace of mind. Don't allow things to make you restless. Don't allow things to stir you up. Don't allow things to cause doubts. So he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I've given to you. He gave it to you. You, 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 you. Yeah, he gave it to us, but he gave it to 
you, 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 you individually. So what are you going to do with it? He gave it to you. So now it's like, oh, well, what am I going to do with this now? Which brings me to one of the, I don't know if we went over the scripture last week. Um, But I had it in my notes for last week. I don't know if I did it, but in 1 Corinthians 4, 1, because last week we were talking about the mysteries. And remember, mysteries is anything revealed to us by the Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 1, it says, let, let man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards of the mysteries of God. So therefore, he's telling us we are stewards of the mysteries of God. Well, to get revelation, what, what, what we just talked about with the peace, that's one of the mysteries of God. How can I be peaceful in the midst of craziness? How can I be peaceful in the midst of some of the situations I'm walking through or the situations going on? And I think that this is, I just kept thinking this is so important because there's a lot of rumors running around right now. So the question is, how are we going to walk through? If some things become facts, factual by law or whatever, you know, we walk through, we have to mask, we have to do different things. How are we going to walk through that? How? It's interesting because last year, um, the stress and anxiety was out the roof, as we all know. And um, I had COVID in April, and in June, I started noticing I'm losing hair. I mean, lots of hair, lots of hair. And I'm thinking, as a female, I'm thinking, well, it's probably hormonal or something. And then somebody, somebody said, are you losing hair? And I was like, yeah, there's like, me too. It's COVID. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I looked online, and sure enough, people were losing hair as a result of COVID, which I think is part of the virus. But one of the things is they said that even people that didn't have it, the stress was so huge last year that people that didn't even have it were losing hair all over the place. So it was a really common thing. Well, as I started noticing this, then I know stress is a big deal. And then I'm like, I can't be stressed out because it makes it worse. You know, so I'm like, I can't believe I'm losing hair. And then it's like, but don't stress out. Don't stress out. You know, it's like, it's this funny place to be. But then I was like, yeah. My hair is growing back supernaturally, quickly, full head of hair with a shine. That's almost part to it. And, and that's why I say when I take a shower and it's growing back and I'm doing vitamins and doing all sorts of different things. But what I'm saying is well, a lot of times we don't know we're stressed. And so, but our bodies have these funny ways of showing up things when we're stressed. And then we're like, I'm not stressed. I had a nurse tell me once, almost everything is stress related. And I'm like, I don't feel stressed. But the whole bottom line is, as long as we keep ourselves centered, the key is being centered. Center yourself with God. And for me, part of my centering is I got to pray in the spirit. I mean, it just, it just does something for me personally. I have to do it. And it recenters. That's the fastest thing I can do is get away by myself, pray in the spirit for however long I need to and recenter everything. And once I do that and keep going, I'm good. But we've got to stay centered, whatever that is. If maybe for Matt, he's got to get away and he's got to worship. 
And that's part of what centers him and keeps him centered. So whatever it is, that's what we have to do. But we are a steward. So let me read to you what a steward is. When you look up that word, it says a manager of a household. The superintendent to whom the head of the house has entrusted the management of his affairs, the care of receipts and expenditures, and the duty of dealing out the proper portion to every servant and even to the children not yet of age. So obviously that was back then. But the deal is, it's the person in charge who the other person above them has left, they've trusted them to manage the affairs. So God has entrusted us to steward his promises that we read about here and to steward the mysteries. He's entrusted to us that we're going to seek him. And what do you mean by this, Lord? What do you need? Get in the word, ask him, relate to him, be intimate with him and say, what? Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper and entrust to us the mysteries. That's what being a steward is. Am I, who was it? Um, Bill Johnson, wasn't it? He said, um, he was talking about the presence of God, wasn't he? Yeah, and he, Bill Johnson was like with the presence of God, and he just imagined there was, there was a dove on his shoulder, and he had to, he was just, it was his way of like, help me steward your presence. He goes through a whole thing about it. But this is, I think this is one of the things we overlook. I mean, it jumped out at me. So we're stewards of the mystery. We're stewards of getting in the spirit and apprehending the things of the spirit and releasing them here on earth. I was thinking about Jesus um, earlier today, too, as I was thinking about the peace. And in Luke chapter 4, this is when Jesus went into the synagogue and he read the scripture and they all freaked out because he was Joseph's son and he was in there reading scripture. And um, anyway, in in verse 20, it says, and all in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they rose up and cast him out of the city, led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to throw him off the cliff. Okay, you got to get the picture. I mean, sometimes these words aren't enough. He's He's doing what God told him to do. He read the scriptures. They all get angry with him. They're filled with rage. He's done what God's told him to do. And so then, and they all get upset with him. Could you imagine that was you and a mob of people all of a sudden starts running, start running you out of the city to throw you off a cliff? So they get to, they get to the cliff. And then in verse 30, it says, but passing through their midst, he went his way. He meaning Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit giving him the ability to get out of that situation. There's no way when a mob of people are forcing you out to throw you off a cliff, you cannot fight against a mob of people. There's no way without a supernatural influence directing you, strengthening you, and directing your steps to get out of there. 
could do that for you too if you were in that situation. What was I going to say? I was talking about the... So anyway, I guess all I want to say to you is he's, he's brought you, what he's saying to us in this, he's brought us into a spiritual government that supersedes all things natural. He's, he's given us a way to spiritually govern ourselves and apply the government of the kingdom that will guard and keep us as we live in a natural world. His kingdom supersedes everything natural. And that's why getting back to the superheroes, you know, um, whichever movie, Spider-Man, you know, all these superheroes, they act like they're normal people. And then all of a sudden when a challenge comes, their superpower kicks in, whatever that may be, and they implement it in the earth, in the natural situation. Then all the people are like, how did you do that? You know, oh my goodness. You know, and they can't figure it out. That's us. That's exactly us. When Spider-Man, when the movies lifted up that bus that was falling off the cliff or whatever he did, I can't remember exactly. Whatever they do, that's us. We go into these situations and we go, how do we rectify this? How do we do this by your spirit? That's stewarding. That's stewarding what we have, what we know, and being led by the Holy Spirit going, okay, Holy Spirit, what, what do we do right now? It's good. It's good, it's good, it's good. And just, just I know I read this last week, but I just love this. And I'm going to read it one more time before, if anybody else has anything you want to share. Be thinking, be thinking, if you have something you want to share. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, just because we are, we're spirit beings, Oh, sorry, 1 Corinthians. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. He's talking about Titus. I'm like, what? Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And my message, this is Paul, my message and preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Um, A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God predestined before the ages of glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 10. For to us, God revealed, he's talking about the mysteries. For to us, God revealed the mysteries through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. We have it. It's all communicated spirit to spirit. That's the bottom line. 
You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. And everything is communicated by the spirit. Yeah, we have a brain. We have language. We, we, work, we walk in this world and all that. We have a brain that we can use. But the spirit supersedes our brain. We are spirit beings. We've got to continue to communicate and take in the things by the spirit, spirit to spirit. And then the spirit takes it and gives it to our brain and says, this is how it works. But it's all spirit to spirit. Okay, I'm just that. I'm gonna end with that. Anyone have anything you'd like to share? You look like you do. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, Are you sure? You sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't normally rush ahead of the other faculty, but I was literally in that scripture, First Corinthians two. Um, because I was looking at that whole passage, I think so often we um, we think when God's going to help us, like it's going to feel all supernatural and we're going to know it's God. And it's going to feel like it's God. And sometimes it just feels like it's us. And we're thinking, okay, this isn't supernatural. This just, I'm just like having a thought to do this, or I'm having a thought to do that. And yet it's God. And so I want to go back to that scripture and go down to verse 12 where it says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that are freely, that were freely given to us by God. And, you know, what I love about Holy Spirit teaching is, um, well, let me say what I don't love about it. Sometimes we hear, we hear the teaching and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know that. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit, he's so powerful and we're supernatural and I'm a spirit being and I'm not just human and God, God is talking to me and God is helping me. And so then we're, we think in big terms like, okay, I've gotten all the way down the road and this whole situation just flat out sucks and so tell me something really supernatural, God. And we're not realizing that all the way down the road, okay, okay say no condemnation. Because I'm... I, Kathy's going to say, no condemnation. Because I'll find myself in this place where I'm like, how the heck did I get here? And I'm thinking, you know, God, why didn't you um, like help me along the way? And it's kind of like that joke where the guy, you know, is in a flood and he ends up in heaven and he says, God, why didn't you send a boat or something to help me? And, and like all these things came along all the way until finally this boat literally pulls up and the guy says, no, no, I'll be fine. God's going to save me. And we do it every day in our walk with God. And yet all along the way, he's doing things like what Heather taught, because I was away last week, but I listened as soon as I got home to what she taught last week. And be very wise and be very cautious that you're not hearing teaching on Wednesday nights and doing nothing with it. Because the Holy Spirit teaching, all along the way, he's doing things like he's saying, grab your Bible and get alone with me a little bit. And you know, sometimes we'll grab our Bible and we'll go and we'll read it and we think nothing happened. I didn't get anything. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. Because when you took this book, you fellowshiped with God by the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Yet we didn't feel anything. We didn't feel anything because we're spirit beings. So often, fellowshipping with spirit, we're thinking nothing's happening. And yet, if we were really trusting him, seriously, no condemnation. But along the way, he may have said, get along with me in the word. Um, 
take notes on <laughs> no condemnation. Take notes on Wednesday night because some of this stuff is going to take your tail out of trouble. Or he may say, just quiet yourself for just a minute. Grab a thought, pray in the spirit. And if you're not baptized in the spirit yet, no condemnation, but get it. Because I'm telling you, I got it 30 something years ago and it, it radically revolutionized my entire life. And no, I don't understand what I'm saying when I pray in the spirit. But if God is saying, pray in the spirit, or God might take me into some time where I'm saying, why are we learning about this in church? Why is Pastor Gavin teaching this on a Sunday? And then I don't realize that down the road, I'm going to need that word. Because often we'll sit and we, and this is, as a Christian, I'll say it about me too. Oh, I just love the word. I love worship. I love this. I love that. Tonight was such an interesting night, the atmosphere in praise and worship. There was so much happening in this room. And it's interesting that you had the encounter that you had with an angel because even in the prayer time with the worship team before everything started, um, I was so aware the room was packed. It was packed out, man. There was presence. But see, these things, we don't feel this and we don't always, it doesn't feel like real. But there are things happening and there were things spoken tonight that will save your soul. You see, we're already born again. We're going to heaven, all this stuff. But our souls need saving on this planet every single stinking day. It's like so much in the world system is stacked against a peaceful soul. I mean, can I get a, I don't want to say amen, like we don't want to agree with that. But seriously, this this teaching, this teaching that if you grab nothing else tonight, the word another, that it's the word that means exactly the same as Jesus. We say, if only I could walk with you, Jesus. And he's like, I gave you my spirit. I mean, that's the real me. The body called Jesus was his car on the planet. The real Jesus is the spirit man. Jesus. So I really want to encourage you. There are supernatural things that you're hearing from God when you just get an inclination to to maybe even just breathe. Literally, sometimes God will say to me, Kathy, just breathe. And and what I've learned and, and, you know, um, a nurse can confirm for me, but I mean, When we get nervous, upset, anxiety, we shallow breathe, and it's very detrimental to our physical bodies because your muscles and every aspect of our body needs oxygen that flows with the blood flow and everything. So when God says to me, I've learned this after decades with him, when he says, stop and breathe, I will literally physically stop and and bring my breathing to a normal place. And then I can catch a thought. You do understand. I mean, our brain needs oxygen. (laughs) Hello. Sometimes when you think you can't think straight, maybe just breathe. Take a breath. I hope this helps you guys because um, he is talking all along the way. When I find myself in a place where, wow, I feel trapped, there have been hints all along the way where he was saying, Kathy, I want you to get along with me. Kathy, um, you know, this is what, I mean, even this, this study of the heart of a worshiper. I mean, it's for you guys, but it's for me. It's for me too, because there are some ways, even as a minister that I've walked, that there's a side to me that's so tied up in the worship of God, so caught in, please, Lord, let us not just keep doing church. Please, Jesus, you've paid a high price. 
far too high a price for us to sit on pews and just tick off days until Jesus returns or we go there. And I I ain't even going to touch that one. I mean, Pastor Barry taught that to a fourth-year class for 12 months one year. I mean, like nonstop in the tuition-based school because it's that deep a subject. Please don't get caught up in some of those kind of things. Moment to moment, day to day, you have the precious Holy Spirit. Even, and I'm going to say this tonight, even if you're not baptized in the Spirit yet with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you have the precious Holy Spirit. The precious Holy Spirit, one with you in unison, giving you insights that sometimes just feel like you're having a thought. Take it. Take the thought. Because like Heather just emphasized at the end of her teaching, spirit to spirit. And sometimes it's, it feels like just me or us. That's okay. It is us. It is like Samuel said Sunday, we. We are we, but then we are we too. And we with the Holy Spirit, we are a we that will change your life if you literally just take a breath, hesitate, and remind yourself whenever you have to. I'm walking with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Do you understand? He is God. Holy Spirit is God. God is omniscient, which means God knows everything about everything. Everything about planet Earth, everything about the heavenly realm, everything about you and everything about me. And so there's nothing I can enter into that he doesn't have full knowledge of. And step by step, he can say, Kathy, here's how you're going to walk it out. First, take a breath. Then he might say, I want you to just, just, pray, just pray in the spirit. Just take advantage of your heavenly language. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't yet have it and you get along with it, trust that you can get it that fast. You don't have to have anybody lay hands on you. You can get alone with the Holy Spirit and you can say, I don't know what this tongues thing is, but if it's beneficial to me, God, I want it. And then like a child, you know, I love when the baby's around here. I could hear Judah, you know, during the beginning of the teaching and stuff. And I love the little voices because babies, he doesn't know we can't understand what he's saying. He's communicating. And so when you communicate with the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit, if you just begin to open your mouth and let whatever syllables will escape you, let them come out. Babies don't start talking in whatever their national language is perfectly at first. They have goo goo gaga stuff. My first words were goo goo gaga type words when I got baptized in the Spirit. And I used those things. I wrote them down because I was trained to read phonetically when I was a child. And so I sounded them out and wrote them on a bookmark. I got five syllables, wrote it on a bookmark. I used them frontwards, backwards, upside down. I sang them. I I read them off that bookmark. I was like, this is my heavenly language. It didn't sound like anybody's language. It was just syllables. But I kept saying, God, this is what I got when I said, you said you'd come on me and I'd speak with other tongues. This is what I got. I don't know how long I used it that way, but at some point it hit me. I'm flowing with it. There's a whole language. And, and then it started evolving and changing from time to time. But all of that is I'm believing that I'm relating to you spirit to spirit, God. This doesn't make sense. But it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make life. 
So I, I don't, if, if you guys have anything else, that's just what I wanted to share. Like, you're getting the answers along the way. Just trust that each little thing you do, when you lean into what you think he might be saying to you, trust that it's him. Don't be afraid of making a mistake. I will make mistakes. I will think I heard him, and at times he may come back to me, and, but he'll always cover my butt. If there's one thing I know for sure, God will always cover my butt. And so I, I, I just go ahead and trust that it's him. And then if I get down the road and he's like, there was nothing wrong with that. It wasn't totally me. And I'm like, well, why did you cover me then? Because you were in faith, Kath. You were trusting me. Of course I'm going to cover you when you're trusting me. You know, guys, it's time for the church to get there. Just don't, don't worry about right and wrong. We've got to stop that when we're honoring him, when we're praising him, when our heart intention and our motivation is that we would live with God and help others to find him and be found by him, right? It's so important. So I, I just want to encourage you. You're hearing God, man. This is, jump off the cliff. Go ahead. I mean, you're not going to drop to the ground and splat. He'll catch you. You have something, Gracie? No? Today you got something? Somebody got something. Somebody got something because I'm done. You got it. You got it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Right. Um, from last week when she was teaching about the Holy Spirit, and it is really great reminder for some of us kind of walked into seasons with the Holy Spirit. But from my own experience, the one um, thing that really stood out for me was when I was attending the training center, I remember praying the Spirit a lot. And there's really correlation between that, the way you pray in the Spirit and study Word of God and directly related. And I cannot really go into detail, but I know some of us can be really overwhelmed when it comes to studying the Word of God. And sometimes it's like it has to be your own task to find out. And when Heather talked about mysteries, it's not your burden or your task to find out. You know, the only task we have to do is to be available in the presence of God when you open the word of God. And when you pray in the spirit, what happens is there's a connection. Because when you, I won't go into the detail, but in the tabernacle, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and John fourteen sixteen says that, I am the way and the truth and the life. The truth portion, when you want to know the truth, actually the person of Jesus Christ, is that when you pray in the Spirit, um, in the holy place there are three furnitures, but one of the furniture is called golden candlestick, and they represent the Holy Spirit. And it basically the illumination, it brings light in the space where there's, it, it directly placed right the opposite of the... Um, the table of showbread. The table of showbread basically represents the word of God. And so without the illumination of the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can know. I mean, when you were born again, you're knower, knower, you already know everything. That's what scripture says. But even then, you have to have the, uh, that praying the spirit and you really open yourself up with the word of God. That's when the whole the illumination, the, the mysteries, blood. And there are many times that when you know things by the word of God, by the truth of God, like, you know, wow, this is exciting. Yes, you should be excited. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is the revealer of the truth 
and it really connects all of us as what you're saying is we are we. And the revelation of the body of Jesus Christ and what he has done, the work of the finished work. So it is directly related that when you were baptized and praying the Spirit, and we're trusting him that when you open the word of God, it's not your job. Let him reveal your, your destiny and purpose in God to you. And you'll enjoy it. You can wait to have the time with the word. It's a joyful thing. So that's um, so I wasn't going to say anything until PC started talking, and, um, and uh, it reminded me on Friday, we had a young adults worship thing, whoop, whoop. and uh, so we were walking around, and uh, Jackie and I came in to open up the doors, and there was this lady that I was out there, and her car was broken, and she was like, hey, do you have a jump start? I'm like, absolutely, I'm a man, let me go in my SUV, get these jump cables, and I'm like, oh, I'm a good husband, they're in my wife's car, not my car, so then I had no way to jump her car, right, so then I'm like asking every young adult, as soon as they come in, I'm like, you got jumper cables, you got jumper cables, you got jumper cables, nobody had jumper cables, so I'm walking around, getting ready to make coffee, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, I felt Holy Spirit, and he was like, hey, you want to know her name, and I was like, no, like, I can't hear that clearly, you know, like, I I could pray for people, but I can't hear that clearly, and and, uh, Holy Spirit was like, her name is Debbie, and I was like, nah, it's probably Anne or something. She looks like an Anne, God. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. And then I was like, okay, maybe, maybe her name. No, 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 no. Her name is Anne. So I kept walking. Somebody finally had jumper cables. And it was funny. It was from another church down there. And um, so the, the kid came up. And I look at her. And I was like, hey. And I chickened out. I got really scared. I, I was like, what if I'm wrong, you know? And I didn't want to look like a creep either, you know? So I was like, hey, like, what's your name? Guess what her name was? It was Debbie, and I'm shocked. I, I, I'm like, man, I was like, man, like, what an opportunity to, like, shock her and be like, God loves you so much that a stranger who can't jumpstart your car would literally say, hey, her name is Debbie, pray for her. Are you with me? But instead, I'm shocked, and I'm like, I can hear the voice of God. Hey, lady, Miss Debbie, can I be honest with you? She was like, absolutely, and I was like, God told me your name was Debbie, but I was too chicken to tell you that your name was Debbie, so I'm here to tell you that I love you. And she's like, thanks. You know, just how a lot of people tell me. They're like, thanks. And I'm like, okay, well, let's jumpstart your car. So I jumpstarted her car. And I was, and I, and, but the cool thing was this, was in, know, in, in knowing that was God's voice, I was like, I'm just going to let her tell me no rather than tell myself no. Does that make sense? So we're really good about saying, no, that's not God. No, that's not God. But what if it is? Why not wait? I'd rather her tell me no, my name is Anne, rather than missing an opportunity for God to love her. Are you with me? Are you guys with me? Okay, I know it's almost 9 o'clock. Okay, so then, so then what ended up happening was I'm not going to miss an opportunity to love her. I'd rather look like an idiot than miss an opportunity for God to touch her. And we jumped out her car, and I was like, hey, Ms. Deb, I was like, I feel like God just wants to pray for you because he loves you so much. And that was it. It was super simple. There was no crazy prophetic word. But God gave me Romans 8.24, and it's hope that is seen is not hope, right? And I started thinking about hope, and I was like, hope has power? Like, why does hope have power? It seems so little, Right. But it says Romans 8.20 is for the creation was subjected to futility, which is emptiness or, or vanity, not willing, but because of him subjected in hope. So because of Adam actually stepping into hope, which is a constant expectation of an unseen reality. And that's what Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit actually drops things that are unseen, but it is a reality. Does that make sense? And it makes no sense, but it makes sense in God's kingdom, right? Because if it wasn't for hope, then Adam wouldn't have cursed everybody and we, you know. Are you guys still with me? Okay, so what I think my encouragement to you is just 
Go with the hope that Holy Spirit is there. Go with that unseen realness that Holy Spirit wants to give you. If Holy Spirit's like, hey, you need to pray for your finances. Oh, God, I can't. Like, it's not going to happen. Oh, just hope that it does. Are you with me? Okay. So the last thing I want to tell you is this, is I started having real conversations with God. And I was like, Papa, I was like, what are your thoughts on this hope? And his response to me was, I just love you. And I was like, every time, God, like, what about the power? What about the fire? What about the shapatarata? Uh, and I was like, why? Um, Pastor Bet taught me every time you hear a thought from God or Holy Spirit, ask why. You have a conversation with him. And he told me, because I have a constant expectation of your reality. And so Holy Spirit knew that I don't, that no matter what, whether I did say her name or not, I was just going to love her. Are you with me? Okay, good. So you're not here just so you can feel good. You're here so you can be equipped, go to your workplace, go to your family, because God has a constant expectation of your reality, and your reality is the kingdom of God coming to earth. Are you with me? Okay, good. All right. So, PB, my mama. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I was hoping. So in, in what Rafa said, I was thinking about it when Kathy was talking and when Heather was talking, is that... Um, the concept of the Holy Spirit, and Heather said this um, when she shared last week, but the concept of the Holy Spirit for us is hard because he's spirit. So we can get a concept of Jesus because we know Jesus came as a man and we have pictures of Jesus, paintings, movies of this dude with a beard and and then we have you know ideas about Father God and there are, there are pictures and beautiful paintings on ceilings of cathedrals that is represents God. So we can get that picture. But with the Holy Spirit, we don't have that because he's called wind and he's called fire and he's called rain and he's called, and those things don't are hard for us to grasp as God. But I want to like really encourage you to begin to like talk to the Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit and worship, you know, it's okay to be like, Holy Spirit, I worship you. He's God. You know, I worship you. I praise you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in my life and how you're moving and how you're speaking to me. And take the scriptures that, that Heather gave and begin to, like, speak them back to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're my advocate. So show me how you're advocating for me right now because you're my advocate. You know, show me how you're, com- how do you want to comfort me right now in this situation because I'm going Looney Tunes. You know how you know, and to begin to to dialogue with the Holy Spirit and to quiet. You know, I love one of the things that I've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed, but most of the people who have like are generals in the kingdom have an amazing relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we have a hard time grasping that. I think it's hard, but so we just kind of almost have to challenge ourselves to do it. To just begin to do it. And, and here's the cool thing. I can build a relationship with Kathy and Heather and, and Maddie, and I can blow it because I don't know how to have a relationship. I don't have really great emotional intelligence, or I, don't, I can't read the room, you know, or I'm not sensitive to their feelings. But I can't blow building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we have nothing to lose by building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to start somewhere, you know? 
And for me, like this, like they had amazing experience in worship and the pre-service prayer in here. I walked in this room and I got massively attacked. You know, all I was hearing was, you don't belong, you don't fit, you shouldn't be in here, what are you doing? You know, and I had to step back and I had to be like, God, Holy Spirit, where is this coming from? You know, and I feel like it was kind of roaming through the room. So if you heard, you don't belong here, that's a, that was a, that's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell to keep you from connecting with the Holy Spirit. And realize now you weren't the only one hearing it. It was just a little imp floating around in here. You know, and it, but it didn't stay, it left. So build that relationship with the Holy Spirit because he is just like Jesus for you. The Holy Spirit is God on the earth today. Jesus was God on the earth back in 2,000 years ago, <laughs> long time ago. But the Holy Spirit is God on the earth today for eternity, tangibly for us. So. Got it anyway. Well, it's a good word tonight. Man, the Holy Spirit, I tell you, I can't live without him. You know, the Old Testament was the work of the Father. The New Testament was the work of Jesus, and this present age we're living in is the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for this evening. I thank you for the gift that you've put in Heather. Thank you for the word that you put in her heart to minister life to us, to teach us about you, to learn of you, to walk with you, to fellowship with you, to talk to you. And Holy Spirit, as we sit with you, as we fellowship with you, as we pray with you, as we talk to you, thank you for revealing things to us. Thank you for giving us revelation as we open the word. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Direct us. Guide us. Lead us in the way that you want us to be led. I thank you for what you're doing in the earth. Thank you for every person that's gathered here today. I thank you that this word goes forth and that we be doers of the word and not just hearers only. That we go out and we make an an influence in the world. We make an impact. That we just don't receive this word and just sit on it. But we go out and make a difference in our workplace, in our homes, in our environments, in our communities. Everywhere we go with that we are light that your spirit is illuminating off of us. And I thank you that you continue to work in us and work in our families and in the community and our government. That you give us peace. Thank you for that peace that we have. Not as the world you give, but the peace that you give. Peace knowing that everything is under control. That we can lay down at night knowing that you got it. Sweet rest. Your beloved sleep. That we have not a care in this world. For you are for us and not against us. And I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that as we leave here, I thank you that your mighty angels are on every corner of our vehicles. That you're the pilot. That you're getting us to our destination safe and sound. And that when we bring us back together on Sunday, that we come back in here and we get recharged 
so we can go back out Monday through Saturday and empty ourselves out. We give you all the praise and all the glory, and I thank you for your people. In the name of every name, amen.